Let's continue. Surah Al-Baqarah, ayah number 122 to 129. Ya Bani Israel, O Bani Israel, Udkuru ni'mati, Remember my blessing, Allati an'amtu alaykum, That which I bestowed upon you. Wa anni faddaltukum, And I preferred you, Ala al-alameen, Over the people of the world. I chose you above all of mankind. You were the chosen people. You were the ones who were given a special ni'mah. Udkuru ni'mati. Which blessing was it that was given to the Bani Israel? There were many blessings that were given. The blessings of this world as well as the blessings of the deen, of religion. There were many worldly blessings as well as many religious blessings that were given to the Bani Israel. But what was the main blessing? وَأَنِّي فَضَّلْتُكُمْ عَلَى الْعَالَمِينَ That I preferred you, I chose you above the people of the world. So they were the ones who were sent many prophets to. They were the ones to whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave many books to. They were the ones whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave many worldly blessings. For example, when Fir'aun had enslaved them, Allah sent his prophet in order to rescue them. Allah caused the sea to split so that they could be saved. Allah sent upon the man and salwa so that they wouldn't die in the wilderness. So Allah bestowed upon them many worldly blessings as well as many religious blessings. Why? Because they were chosen. Why were they chosen? Because Allah had given them the responsibility to follow His law and also tell other people about it. To be obedient servants to Allah and also make other people obedient servants to Allah. Because what is our role? What is our responsibility in this life? What is our purpose? That we worship Allah. So Allah chose the Bani Israel in that He guided them. And He also told them to guide other people. But what happened? Were they grateful for these blessings? No, they weren't. We have learned in the previous verses how Allah bestowed so many blessings upon them. But each time, instead of being obedient, they became even more rebellious. Instead of being humble, they kept on demanding more and more things. And they made religion difficult upon themselves. And they drifted away from their religion as well. And as they drifted away, many punishments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala came upon them in order to shake them, in order to wake them up. But they weren't realizing. They weren't fulfilling their responsibility. So what happened? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala took that blessing away from them. How did Allah take that blessing away from them? The blessing of being the chosen people? That when He sent His final messenger, when He sent His last prophet, He didn't send him from among the Bani Israel. Instead, He sent him from among who? The Bani Ismail. From the children, from the descendants of Ismail salam, the son of Ibrahim salam. Why? This was to show that the Bani Israel were not the only people who deserved to be guided in this world. Because that is what they had thought about themselves, which is why they kept their religion to themselves. They considered themselves to be very great and they looked down on the rest of mankind. So when Allah sent a prophet from other than Bani Israel, it was very obvious that that blessing was taken away from them. There was a shift. A shift of what? Of that huge blessing. And obviously the blessing came with responsibility. So over here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is reminding the Bani Israel. In all of the previous verses, we have read about the several favors that were bestowed upon them. And now in conclusion, again Allah is reminding them. And when you were given so many blessings, then what is expected of you? That you become righteous servants of Allah. And you cannot be righteous servants of Allah unless and until you follow the guidance that Allah has sent. And how can you follow the guidance that Allah has sent unless and until you don't believe in His Messenger? 
So this is in other words an invitation to the Bani Israel to do what? To believe in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So udhkuru ni'mati allati an'amtu alaykum wa anni faddaltukum ala al-alameen. And at the same time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is warning them that wattaqu yawman and fear a day. Which day is this? The day when la tajzi nafsun an nafsin shay'a. When no soul can avail another. When no soul can help another. La tajzi. Jim zai ya. Jaza yajzi. To recompense. So no soul can recompense for another, meaning no soul can assist another, can help another. La tajzi nafsun an nafsin shay'a. And notice the word shay'an. What does shay'an mean? Thing. Anything. And notice the two. Fathatayn at the end. Nakira. Anything at all. On the day of judgment, you are on your own. Why is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying this to them? Because the Bani Israel, what did they think? That they were the chosen people? Their parents were very righteous. Their ancestors were the prophets of Allah. Their ancestors, Allah was very happy with them. And therefore, no matter what they do, Allah will forgive them. That is what they believed about themselves. But Allah is telling them that on the day of judgment, no person can help you. It's just because your ancestors were righteous, it doesn't mean that you will not be held accountable for the crimes that you have committed. What is the belief that is very common amongst us Muslims as well? That yeah, my mother, she used to wear the hijab, so I don't need to do it. My parents give charity, so I don't. My parent, my mother reads the Qur'an, yeah, that's enough, I don't have to. No. What your mother does is for her, and what you do is for you. So just because your parents were righteous, just because your ancestors were good people, it doesn't mean that you will naturally be a good person as well. Not necessarily. This is just like if a person is a doctor and they have a child, is that child going to be a doctor as well? Is he going to be a born doctor? Can they have all knowledge of medicine and everything in their minds from the day they're born? No. If they want to become a doctor, then what do they have to do? They have to study everything as well. What their parents studied is for them. And what they do is for themselves. Similarly, when it comes to the deen, the actions of our parents are for them. And our actions are for us. So this is why, لَا تَجْزِي نَفْسٌ عَنْ نَفْسٍ شَيْئًا No person will help another on that day. No person can assist another, can avail another on the day of judgment. In the Qur'an we learn, يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسِ اتَّقُوا رَبَّكُمْ وَخْشَوْ يَوْمًا And fear a day. Which day? لَا يَجْزِي وَالِدٌ عَنْ وَلَدِهِ The day when no father can help his child. When no father, no parent can avail his child. وَلَا مَوْلُودٌ هُوَ جَازٍ عَنْ وَالِدِهِ شَيْئًا Nor can a child avail his parents. No. Parents cannot avail their children and children cannot avail their parents on the day of judgment. But rather each person is on his own. So before that day comes, do something to better yourself. Do something to improve yourself. Prepare something to save yourself on that day. Because لا تجزي نفس عن نفس شيئا ولا يقبل And it will not be accepted. قاف بالام It will not be accepted منها from it, meaning from any soul, from any person. What? Adlun. What does Adl mean? Adl is from عين دالام And the word Adl is used in different ways. One of the meanings of the word Adl is justice. Another meaning of the word adl is equivalent. Meaning something that is equal to another. So from any person on the day of judgment, no adl will be accepted, meaning no compensation will be accepted. 
In other words, if a person is to be punished for his crimes, then on that day a person cannot say, take whatever wealth from me, O Allah, take whatever money from me, O Allah, and free me. Like for example, in this world, if there is a person who has committed a great crime, and let's say the crime is of a very severe degree, it's very very severe. For instance, if there is a bail for them, then how much will the bail be? Thousands of dollars, hundreds and thousands. Why? Because the crime was very great. So the bail money is going to be equal to the person. Similarly, if a person has committed a crime which is not really that serious, it's only a minor offense, so how much will their bail money be? It will be very less. Why? Because the crime is not that great. So, what is adl? The compensation that a person will have to pay, that a person has to pay in order to ransom himself, in order to free himself. And that compensation is always equal to what? It is always equal to the person. Obviously you can't never buy a human being, but equal to their crimes. No compensation will be taken from any person. In other words, on the day of judgment, no person can say, Ya Allah, I'll give you everything I have, just don't send me to hellfire. No. No person can claim that. Even the most richest of human beings, even Fir'aun and Qarun and Haman, even they cannot say that, Oh Allah, take all of our wealth and free us. Why not? Because all of the wealth already belongs to Allah. What we have in this world is temporarily with us. So if you give it to Allah to free yourself, it doesn't make sense because you and whatever you have belongs to who? Allah. Why else will compensation not be accepted on the Day of Judgment no matter how great it is? On the Day of Judgment, your wealth does not matter anything. The only currency that works on the Day of Judgment is what? Your deeds, your actions. We were sent in this world not to make money because on the Day of Judgment, money is not going to matter. What's going to matter? Good deeds. So even if a person gives the entire earth's fill of gold, imagine, the entire earth's fill of gold as ransom, will it be accepted? Not at all. One more reason why it will not be accepted. When we die, we are not taking anything with us. When a person goes into his grave, what does he take with him? Nothing. The only thing that accompanies him is what? The shroud in which he is wrapped up. That is all that he takes with himself. And those people who do take a lot of their wealth with them, like for example, the pharaohs, what was buried along with them? A lot of their wealth as well. But what happens to that wealth? It stays behind. And people go and find it, and they come and they steal it, and they sell it for thousands of dollars. And the thing is, that when the Day of Judgment is established, then what of this world is going to remain? Nothing. We learn in the Qur'an, إِذَا دُكَّتِ الْأَرْضُ دَكَّنْ دَكَّا when the earth is pounded and crushed, where will all your crystals go? Where will all your delicate jewelry go? Where will all your money go? When it's pounded and crushed, everything's going to be finished. So you can't take anything along with you on the Day of Judgment. Everything is going to remain behind. So On the Day of Judgment, nothing is going to work except for your deeds. So if you want to be rich on that day, then what do you have to take with you? Good deeds. Because good deeds will make a person wealthy on that day. It's not the money that a person has collected in this world. وَلَا يُقْبَلُ مِنْهَا عَدْلُونَ وَلَا تَنْفَعُهَا شَفَاعًا And no intercession will benefit a person. 
لا تنفعها نون فاعين نفر What does نفر mean? Benefit So لا تنفعها No person will benefit from what? Shafa'ah Shafa'ah Intercession Sheen فاعين Shafa'ah It's the opposite of witr والشفعي والوتر What does witr mean? What kind of numbers are they? Odd Witr When you pray Salatul Witr How many do you pray? Either one or three or five or seven or nine So shafa is what? Even And what happens in shafa Intercession Is that one person is alone Another joins him So the one who was odd becomes even So when the other joins him What does he do? He advocates for him He requests for him He pleads for him For instance a person is alone They have to handle a case So what happens? They get a lawyer And what does the lawyer do? He supports them And he presents their case And he fights for them He pleads for them He intercedes for them So وَلَا تَنْفَعُهَا شَفَاعَةً On the day of judgment No shafa'a is going to benefit a person What does it mean by this? Meaning no person can intercede for another Unless and until Allah allows We learn from the Qur'an and Sunnah that there will certainly be shafa'ah on the Day of Judgment. There will be intercession. Intercession will take place. However, everyone will not be allowed to do it. And it will not be accepted for everyone. It will only be accepted for who? The one whom Allah wants. وَلَا تَنْفَعُهَا شَفَعَةً So at the end of the day, a person is at the mercy of Allah on the Day of Judgment. وَلَا هُمْ يُنصَرُونَ And nor will they be helped. They will not be helped. Meaning no one is going to come and save them. From the punishment of Allah. No, if a person is guilty that day, then they will be held responsible. وَلَهُمْ يُنصَرُونَ What do we learn from these verses? One of the first lessons that we learn from these verses is, a person does not value the blessing that Allah has given to him, then a time will come when Allah will take away that blessing away from him. Look at the mercy of Allah. Allah is reminding them again, giving them another chance. Remember the blessing. Be grateful. Fear the day of judgment and do something for yourselves. It's never too late. We also learn from these verses that on the day of judgment, a person will be on his own. No parents can help him. No children can help him. No friends can help him. No intercessors can help him. No wealth can help him. The help can come only from who? Allah. And a person can only deserve that if he has done something to prepare for that day. Let's listen to the recitation. يا بني إسرائيل اذكروا نعمتي التي أنعمت عليكم وأني فضلتكم على العالمين واتقوا يوما لا تجزي نفس عن نفس شيئا ولا يقبل منها عدل ولا تنفعها شفاعة ولا هم ينصرون الله سبحانه وتعالى also shows to us in this world that how when a person is held responsible by others is declared as guilty by others, then no compensation is accepted from him. No punishment is reduced for him. No one else can come in their place and say, you go, I will suffer for you. Nothing can benefit a person even in this world. He is held responsible for his crime and only he is to suffer for his crime. No one can come and take his place. Now imagine what will happen on the day of judgment. If in this world Allah shows to us that how people who have a lot of power 
who have committed a lot of injustice, when they are caught even in this world, and when they are held responsible, what happens to them? On one day they were in palaces, and the other day they are in jails, serving life sentences, even in this world. And nobody can come and take their place. And this is a great ibrah for us, a great lesson for us, that what will happen to us on the day of judgment? The crimes that we have committed against Allah, who will come in our favor on the day of judgment saying, that oh Allah let him go, I will suffer in his place. Does anyone love us to that extent from the people of the world? What do we have to show on the day of judgment if we haven't prepared? We learned yesterday about the importance of tilawa. How much reward a person gets when he recites the Qur'an. But if a person does not recite, then what will he come up with on the day of judgment? Limited good deeds. And if he has more crimes, more sins, then what will his end be? This is why Allah is warning us, وَاتَّقُوا يَوْمًا Fear that day when you will be alone and no one is going to come and rescue you. We learn in the Qur'an, وَلِكُلِّنْ دَرَجَاتٍ مِمَّا عَمِلُوا For each person are ranks in the hereafter according to their actions. If a person has done a lot of good deeds, then yes, his rank will be higher. And if a person has done average, then his rank will be average. And if a person has done very minimum, then his rank will be very minimum. And if a person has done very few good deeds and more crimes, then what will happen? He will not be in darajat, but he will be in darakat, in the low levels of hellfire. May Allah save us from that humiliation on that day. Let's continue. وَإِذِي بَتَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمَ رَبُّهُ بِكَلِمَاتٍ فَأَتَمَّهُنْ And remember when the Lord of Ibrahim tested him. With what? With some kalimat. So Ibrahim فَأَتَمَّهُنْ He completed them. He fulfilled them. In the following verses, we will learn about Ibrahim a.s. Who is Ibrahim a.s.? He was a father of Banu Ismail and Banu Israel. So Banu Ismail, the Arabs, and Banu Israel, the Yahud and Nasara, they are the descendants of who? Ibrahim a.s. You can also call Ibrahim a.s. Abu al-Anbiya, the father of the prophets. Why? Because after him, all of the prophets came from his progeny, came from his descendants. From Ismail alayhi Ismail alayhi himself and after him, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa From Ishaq alayhi his son, Yaqub, and from him, he had 12 sons, amongst them was Yusuf alayhi and from their descendants, who came? Musa alayhi Harun alayhi Dawood alayhi Sulaiman alayhi Isa alayhi Zakariya, Yahya. So many prophets came from who? The progeny of Ishaq alayhi so if you go back up, who's at the top? Ibrahim Abu Abul Ambiya. He was a father of the prophets. He was also Khalilullah, the friend of Allah. How nice. The friend of Allah. In this world, people take a lot of pride in being friends of certain people. I am friends with so and so. I am friends with so and so. But Ibrahim was a Khalil of Allah. Allah befriended him. وَاتَّخَذَ اللَّهُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ خَلِيلًا Allah made Ibrahim his friend. Why? Because of the obedience of Ibrahim a.s. Ibrahim a.s. is mentioned about 25 times in the Qur'an. He was from Iraq. That's where he was born. That's where he was originally from. And then what happened? He settled. One of his children where? In Mecca, in Hijaz. And his other child where? In Palestine. So his progeny was not in Iraq, rather his descendants grew where? In Hijaz as well as in Palestine. 
Ibrahim was born in 2100 BC, 2160 BC. So he came around 2000 years before who? Isa a.s. And he came how many thousands of years before us? 2000 AD. So go back, 2000 and then 2000 more. 4000 years before us. Just imagine how ancient, how long time ago he came. But because he was so obedient to Allah, Allah mentions him in the Qur'an so that he is remembered until this Qur'an is here. This is how much Allah liked him because of his obedience. People try to gain fame by disobeying Allah. What's the correct way? By obeying Allah. There's a huge contrast between the way of Ibrahim and the way of Bani Israel. The Bani Israel, were they chosen by Allah? Yes. Ibrahim was he chosen by Allah? Yes. What was the way of Bani Israel? Were they obedient? Did they fulfill their responsibility? No. Ibrahim on the other hand, one person, did he fulfill his responsibility? Yes, he did. Did he obey the commands of Allah? Yes, he did. Just imagine, an entire nation on one hand, and one person, one human being on the other. An entire nation could not achieve what one person achieved. An entire nation could not together please Allah the way one person pleased Allah, earned the rida, the happiness, the pleasure, the approval of Allah by his efforts. Who is this one person? What is his special quality? Why is it that Allah liked him so much? Let's read about him. Let's read what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us about him. وَإِذِي بَتَلَى Ibrahim. And when he tested Ibrahim, Ibtala, Balam Wow. Ibtila is to test someone in order to see how they are, in order to check what their level is of their strength, of their obedience, of their sincerity. So it is ikhtibar. It is to test someone. How do you test someone? By putting them in a difficult situation. You can't say that any test is easy. Every test is difficult in one way or the other. For example, the test that you have to take, the translation test. How are you put in difficulty? That you're not allowed to open up your juice. You have to write everything down from memory. Some words are given out of context and you have to tell us what their meaning is. Isn't that difficulty? And then you're made to sit by yourself, all alone, quiet. You're not allowed to look here and there. You're not allowed to talk. You're just supposed to focus on your test. How difficult that is. It's not that difficult compared to the tests that Ibrahim ﷺ had to go through. So, وَإِذِي بَتَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمِ When he tested Ibrahim ﷺ. And the word Ibrahim is also read as, in Arabic, Ibrahim. Ibrahim as well as Ibrahim. So, وَإِذِي بَتَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمَ Who tested him? رَبُّهُ His Lord. His Lord is the one who tested him. You may say, why? Because the Lord can do whatever He wants. Because we belong to Him. Him we come from, and to Him we go back. So He can do whatever He wants. And obviously whatever He does is fair and just, and it has some wisdom, some reason behind it. So, وَإِذِي بَتَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمَ رَبُّهُ And how did the Lord of Ibrahim, how did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala test Ibrahim? بِكَلِمَاتٍ With certain words. Kalimat is a plural of kalima. And kalima, kalam, speech, kalima, statement, word. Kalimat, words. What does it mean by these words? What were these words that Allah tested Ibrahim with? These words, it refers to the commands of Allah. 
What does it refer to? The commands of Allah. Kalimat meaning ahkam. The orders that Allah gave to Ibrahim salam. Remember that any ahkam that Allah gives to a person are of two types. First of all, kawni. And secondly, shari. Kawni meaning whatever Allah decides, decrees for a servant. Whatever Allah commands that such and such should happen with his servant. For example, with regards to us, Allah decided, Allah commanded us to when we were to be born. When we were to be, to go to school. How our body is to be. How our memory, our abilities are to be. Whose decision is it? It's the decision of Allah. Whatever happens in our life, good, bad, difficult, something that is difficult, something that is very easy, happiness, sadness, all of this is a decree of who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Who we befriend, who harms us, all of this is a decree of Allah. So first of all, ahkam, kawni. Secondly, ahkam, shari'i. Meaning, the legal commands of the religion that Allah gives to a person. For example, we have to pray five times a day. Allah has given us certain commands which are shari'i. So Ibrahim alayhi salam, Allah tested him through kalimat, through the commands that he gave him. What were these commands? Kauni as well as shari'i. Kauni, what were some of the things that were decreed for Ibrahim alayhi salam and that were a great test for him? Where was he born? In what kind of a society? In what kind of a family? What was his father? What was his religion? He was an idol worshipper. And when Ibrahim a.s. called the people very nicely to the worship of Allah, how did his father treat him? He said, you be quiet, you leave, otherwise I'm going to stone you to death. Imagine a father says that to his son. You leave, otherwise if you stay here, I'm going to kill you and I'm not going to kill you easily, I'm going to stone you to death. Imagine hearing such words from your own father. Isn't this something very difficult to bear? Yes, it is. So this was a huge test for Ibrahim salam. That how would he react at that time? And how did he react? Was he abusive towards his father in return? No. He said, Salamun alayk, peace be on you. And he left. His father and his people, what did they do? They collected wood in order to light a huge fire, in order to throw Ibrahim salam into it, in order to kill him, in order to burn him alive. And they did it. They threw him into the fire. Imagine your own father is bringing firewood to light fire in order to burn you. Just imagine. If our parents scold us a little bit, we feel that they don't like us just a little bit. And that's because of our own assumption sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. So if we feel like that, we feel that we are so unfortunate people. We are the most miserable people in this entire planet. But look at Ibrahim salam. His father abused him verbally, physically. But what was the reaction of Ibrahim salam? He remained patient. He was not harsh towards his father. He said, peace be on you, and he left. And when the people threw him into the fire, Allah commanded the fire to be cool. يَا نَارُكُونِي بَرْدًا وَسَلَامٌ عَلَىٰ إِبْرَاهِيمٌ And Ibrahim did not suffer because of that. So whatever kawni commands were decreed for Ibrahim salam, he fulfilled them. He accepted them. He did not say, Oh Allah, why me? Oh Allah, why this? He accepted the decree of Allah. This is why Allah says, What does atammahunna mean? It is from itmam, tamimim. It is to completely fulfill something so that nothing of it is left out. To do a hundred percent, to give a hundred percent. So فَأَتَمَّهُنَّ He accepted, he fulfilled every command that Allah gave him. 
any decision Allah decreed for him, what was the reaction of Ibrahim salam? Acceptance and submission. What were some of the shari commands that Allah tested Ibrahim salam with? First of all, he was made responsible to convey the message to the people. Just imagine, you are the only one who is different from the rest of the society. And you haven't been told to keep what you believe to yourself, but you're supposed to tell other people about it. Isn't that a huge challenge? How do you feel when you go out and you come across people who are not that accepting of Islam, they're a little hostile, how do you feel over there? You feel like running away. You feel like hiding in a corner. You just feel like being quiet. But Ibrahim salam, he was tested. He had to convey the message. He had to talk to other people, even though he knew that the people were going to be very hostile towards him. Shari, command that was very difficult. Similarly, we learn that Ibrahim salam, what was he told by Allah? That he had to leave his son, where? In the desert. Ibrahim salam, first of all, was very, very old when he had his son Ismail. He was very old. And he was also very old when he had Ishaq salam. Imagine you have a son, a little child, a little baby, and you're told to leave the child with the mother where? In the middle of the desert. And this was the command of Allah. What did Ibrahim salam do? Did he say no? Too difficult? I love my son. How can he survive over here? He knew that if the command is coming from Allah, Allah will not abandon my child. So he accepted and he fulfilled. Then Allah commanded him. When Ismail was older, 13 years old, Allah said, slaughter him. Can you imagine killing your own child with your own hands? Slaughtering your son? But Ibrahim knew that if the command is coming from Allah, there must be some wisdom. So he went on, slaughter his son. But what happened? As soon as he was about to, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala removed Ismail from there and he was replaced by a sheep. So Ibrahim slaughtered a sheep instead of his son. And Allah said, قَدْ صَدَّقْتَ الرُّؤِيَا Indeed, you have fulfilled, you have fulfilled it. You have fulfilled the dream that you saw, meaning the command that you were given. So he was being tested. But would he obey Allah to this extent? And Ibrahim salam obeyed Allah even to that extent. So, وَإِذِي بَتَلَى إِبْرَاهِيمَ رَبُّهُ بِكَلِمَاتٍ What was the reaction of Ibrahim salam? فَأَتَمَّهُنَّ He completed them. He perfected, he fulfilled every single one of them. I want you to think about yourself. There may be many things, many things that have been decreed in your life by Allah. And they may be very difficult. A difficult husband, difficult children, difficult situation in life, poverty, or no education, or whatever it may be, that you're alone. A person is not married, or they are married, but they don't have children, and that is a problem for them. Or they have children, and that is a problem for them. Whatever the situation may be, I want you to realize that is the decision of who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is the decision of Allah for you. And whatever Allah decides, remember, there is some wisdom, some reason behind that. And a person has to trust Allah for that. You have to trust Allah. You have to say, Oh Allah, I know that there is some reason why you decreed this for me. There is some benefit in it, some wisdom in it. I don't know, but there is. I trust in you and I accept it. And when you accept it, Allah will recompense you, He will reward you abundantly. Allah does not let go any difficulty, waste. A difficulty that a person suffers and he is patient over it, Allah does not let that go waste. We learned from a hadith that the Prophet ﷺ addressed some women and he told them that there is none of you who has lost three children except those children will become a barrier for her from the hellfire on the Day of Judgment. 
So if a woman loses three children, then what will happen to her? Those three children who have died, they will become a screen, a barrier for her from going into hellfire. A woman asked, what about two children? The Prophet ﷺ said, same thing. Even two children, if you have lost them, meaning they have died, and you are alive, then those children will prevent you from entering hellfire. Why? Because of the patience that you have endured, because the difficulty that you have suffered. So, any difficulty that a person goes through and he or she is patient over it, Allah rewards him abundantly. Any difficulty, even if it's the prick of a thorn, even if it's a pin poking you, even if it's feeling hungry or feeling body ache all over, whatever it may be, Allah decreed it, you accept it, and there will be reward. On the Day of Judgment, when people will see the reward of those people who suffered difficulty and they were patient, they will wish that they had also suffered difficulty. So, patience never ever goes waste. Ibrahim a.s. he accepted the commands of Allah, the decrees of Allah. Whatever commands, whatever Allah decreed for him, فَأَتَمَّهُنَّ And look at the reward that Allah gave him. Qala he said, Allah said, إِنِّي indeed I جَاعِلُكَ I am one to make you, meaning I am going to make you, Ibrahim, لِلنَّاسِ for all mankind, imaman a leader. In this world even. Who is Imam? Hamza Mimi. Imam is the one who is followed. The leader. The one whom you follow. Whose example you follow. For example, in Salah. In Salah there is an Imam, right? So what do you do with that Imam? You follow him. When the Imam says, Allahu Akbar, you say, Allahu Akbar. When he goes down in Rukur, you go down in Rukur. Even if you haven't completed your Surah. You are supposed to follow the Imam. So Allah said to Ibrahim that nasi imama. I'm going to make you a leader, not a leader for some people, but for who? Linnas. This is the reward that Allah gave to Ibrahim for his obedience, for his submission, for his acceptance. imama. And this is very true. Allah did make Ibrahim the leader for all people. We see that. Ibrahim from his descendants came who? The Bani Ismail and Bani Israel. The Bani Israel. Who did they look up to? Ibrahim They always looked up to him. The Bani Ismail on the other hand, who came from among them? Which Prophet? Muhammad And what was said to Muhammad In the Quran, in Surah An-Nahl, Ayah 123, we learn, and then we have revealed to you that you must follow the creed, the way, the example of Ibrahim. He was not of those who worship other than Allah. Imagine if Khatim al-Rasul, if the seal of the prophets, the last messenger, is commanded to follow Ibrahim then Ibrahim is the imam for who? All of mankind. Because all of us are to follow who? Muhammad wasallam. So who is our imam then? Muhammad wasallam, as well as Ibrahim wasallam. Ibrahim a.s. Qala he said, وَمِن ذُرِّيَّتِي And also from my children. Zurriya. Zurriya is from the root letters ذَال ra wow. There are many other root letters for this as well. ذَال ra ra ذَال ra hamza. And Zurriya is what? Offspring, children, meaning your descendants. It doesn't mean your immediate children, but even your grandchildren and their children and their grandchildren. So whoever comes from among your descendants after you is who? Your Zurriya. So Ibrahim salam, he prayed to Allah that, Oh Allah, also make my children the imam. Why did he say that? Because whatever you like for yourself, you also want it for who? For your children. And this shows that a person loves that thing. 
Because whatever you love for yourself, whatever you want for your children, it shows that you really, really like it. Because you would not like anything for your children except something that is good, something that you really love. What did Allah say? Qala, He said, لا ينالو. It does not reach. Ahdi, my covenant who? Al-Zalimeen, those people who do wrong. Yanalu is from the root letters, noon yalam, nail. And nail is to attain something, to reach. So, لا ينالو ahdi. My covenant, my promise, it does not reach. Meaning it is not for who? Al-Zalimeen, those people who commit injustice. So those who are unjust, they will not be made leaders. They will not be made leaders by Allah. Those who are unjust, zalimin. Tell me, what is the greatest injustice? That a person ascribes partners to Allah when Allah has no partners. And injustice is not against Allah, but it is also against mankind. That when people are deprived of their rights, and when people are harmed, when they are abused, when they are treated unfairly. What do we learn in this verse? We learn many lessons. First of all, we learn that Allah tests His servants. Allah definitely tests His servants. If Allah tested Ibrahim salam, his Khalil, Abul Anbiya, you think He will not test us? Who are we compared to Ibrahim salam? What is our level compared to that of Ibrahim salam? Very low. If Allah will test Ibrahim, then tell me, who are you and I? Will we not be tested? Of course we will be tested. Because this is the purpose of life. Allah tells us, لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلًا Ibrahim was tested through kawni commands as well as shari'i commands. We too will be tested in the same way. Kawni as well as shari'i. There will be some religious commands that we will find very difficult to do. But you know what? We have to do them. Even if it's very difficult, even if it's very challenging. And it is challenging because it's a test. If life was free of challenges, if it was free of difficulties, how would life be? Dull, boring. Because your challenges, your difficulties, what do they do? They make you think. They make you active. They make you alert. They make you useful. People who do have difficulties in life, then what happens with them? They become more productive, more beneficial, more active. And you will see that, even in the community. People who are very active, they have always suffered something or the other. They have always endured some difficulty. I was learning about this couple somewhere in South America, how their daughter was kidnapped, and they don't know who kidnapped her. And they have been looking for her since years and years. It's been over a decade. And reports you know, have come to them saying that their daughter was kidnapped by people who sell women into prostitution. And some people said that they had seen their daughter. These two people, the parents, in order to find their daughter, they have ended up helping so many women, so many women out of prostitution. They have found many such places and they have found many such women. And so many women have been freed because they are looking for their daughter. And now their goal is not just to find their daughter, but it is to save all such women who are kidnapped and forced into such things. So who becomes very active? A person who has suffered some difficulty. If their daughter was not kidnapped, do you think they would do all of this work? Never, because it's so dangerous. It's so risky. It's so time-consuming. Nobody would bother to do it. So difficulties, what are they? A blessing in disguise. Every single difficulty, remember that. No difficulty is exempt from this. Even if a person suffers difficulty because of his own sins, 
Even that is a blessing. Why? Because a person realizes I did something wrong. And he can repent and he can seek forgiveness from Allah. So Allah tests His servants and there is a reason behind that. If Ibrahim was tested, we too will be tested. Then we also learn in this verse that the one who fulfills what Allah has decreed for him, then such a person will be given authority. A high status in this world as well as in the hereafter. Such a person will be made an imam. The one who accepts the commands of Allah, the decrees of Allah. What kind of imam? That he will become like an example for other people. And such a person will be given high status in the hereafter as well because he will be made imam. And this is true not just in the case of Ibrahim but in the case of every single person. For example, Abu Hurairah He suffered a lot of difficulty when he accepted Islam, when he came to Medina. When he was in Medina, he didn't have any work. He didn't have any family. You have no work, no source of income, no family. Then what is your state? You are dependent on other people. You are dependent on them to give you food, to take care of you, to cover your expenses. But what if you find no one to take care of you? Then where would you end up? Abu Hurairah, you know where he would live? In the masjid. And you know what he would do? He busied himself in learning the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, in learning the deen from the Prophet ﷺ and the Sahaba. Just because he didn't have a job, just because he didn't have a family, it didn't mean that he couldn't be productive. He accepted that situation and he made himself useful and beneficial. And what happened then? Abu Hurairah, he's like a leader. A leader in what sense? When it comes to all of the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ, who has narrated the most? Abu Hurairah Just imagine, he is the one who has narrated so many ahadiths. And we also learned that Abu Hurairah he used to work for a woman in order to you know, make money. Just a little bit, just to get by. And you know what happened? That woman married Abu Hurairah Just imagine. So Allah did give him a high status even in this world. He wasn't deprived. So remember, whenever you accept any situation that Allah has decreed for you in this life, when you accept it, then you know what's going to happen? You're going to excel. You're going to go forward in life. And if you don't accept it, then you're going to go behind. You're going to keep falling. You're going to keep falling. Until you accept, you cannot get up. You cannot get up until and unless you accept whatever Allah has decreed for you. And when a person does accept, then he will excel. He will be made a leader. Then we also learn in this ayah, that whenever a person receives something good, he should always like that for who? For his children. Ibrahim when he was given the good news by Allah, He asked for the same thing for his children. And we learn elsewhere as well, that in Surah Ibrahim, Ayah 40, that Ibrahim made dua to Allah, That, Oh my Lord, make me of those who establish the prayer, and also from among my children, those who establish prayer. Why is it necessary to ask for good things for your children? To spoil them? And they do nothing good in life? No. Why should you ask Allah for good things for your children? Because your children will be a source of reward for you in the hereafter. When? In the hereafter. You ask for something good for them, and they do good, that good will be written for them, and it will also be written for you. A person might say, well, I don't have any children, so why should I make this dua? For example, رَبِّ جَعْلِي مُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ وَمِنْ Why should a person make this dua? Make dua from now. You never know. Two years from now, five years from now, you will have kids. And because of your duas today, Allah will accept them. I remember somebody telling me that they asked their father once, who was also their teacher, that this dua, رَبِّ جَعْلِي مُقِيمُ الصَّلَاةِ وَمِنْ 
Why should I make this dua? I don't even have any children. He said, make it. Inshallah, you will have. And because of your dua today, they will pray. Inshallah. Make dua for who? For your children. Why? Because whatever good they do is going to benefit you as well. We also learn in this verse that those people who are unjust, they don't deserve leadership. They don't deserve authority. Because Allah says, لَا يَنَالُ عَهْدِ الظَّالِمِينَ Who? Those people who are unjust. This is why we see that some of the scholars, they said that Allah will let a person rule others, even though he may be a disbeliever. But if a person becomes unjust, then Allah will take that power away from him. If a person becomes unjust, oppressive, that he harms others, then what will happen? Allah will take away that authority, that leadership away from him. Because لا ينال عهدي الظالمين We listen to the recitation. وإذ ابتلى إبراهيم ربه بكلمات فأتمهن قال إني جاعلك للناس إماما قال ومن ذريتي قال لا ينال عهد الظالمين